Welcome to episode 255 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Today we're talking about selling in the fall and sellers getting greedy. Hope you like this chat. Let's go. What are we talking about today? So today we are talking about something that we've both been experiencing lately. And it's a combination of, well, it started off with a discussion that listings are starting to look like crap. A lot of listings are having less money injected into them to prepare them. And then we started talking about the conversation that we feel sellers in many cases feel like they're not even sure they're going to sell. So they're even just, some of the agents. I yeah. was at open houses with Sylvia on the weekend and one of the realtors were like, yeah, well, t- telling me this during an open house. Yeah, well, you know, we wanted to see, you know, put some feelers out. The, you know, we, we're not sure. Why do you need feelers? I don't understand that. Right. Like, you know what's So what selling. you're telling me by saying that is that you know your price is high. Mm. So when you're listing a home that you know the price is high, chances of us selling are slim. So I'm not going to spend the extra 10 grand in preparing marketing. Did they know who for you this. were? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, Mr. Cocky. No, but I wonder I wonder if if they're having that if oh, okay. I wonder if they're having that discussion with non-agents, prospective buyers. Oh, I don't know. Cuz I've been before I was a realtor, I've attended many open houses, and even in my early uh years of real estate where nobody knew who I was, I was attending open houses and uh public open houses and agents would say things that they certainly shouldn't. So if if you got a home that you're not confident is going to sell, in fact, you're listing it almost thinking that it's not going hey, to sell at that price. Are you talking to agents or homeowners? So both. Okay. Is the seller going to start investing in stuff that's needed to showcase the home at its best? Light fixtures, paint, deep cleaning, going on vacation so they're not at home during showings. Even how motivated are allowing they to accommodate showings? showings? Yes, allowing yeah. showings at 8.30 at night. Yeah. You know, then they're like, oh, are these people really serious? Well, if you don't let them through, you don't know. And then from a realtor's perspective, if you know that- That's where I'm, the problem really I'm just lies. Taking, I'm just taking this listing- because I've got no other. <laughs> yeah, I just want my sign on the lawn. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm servicing my my client. But are if you? you're going in with that mindset, are you going to spend ten thousand dollars on this property? Right. To stage it properly, to photograph it, video, market it, online ads, social media, social ads, open houses. You know, all of these things that require, are definitely required in this market Mm -hmm. to know that you're not getting any of that money back. Because as a realtor, you're fronting all that money. All of the expenses are front loaded and you're not getting reimbursed until Even if it does sell, not until a few months later. Right. So if it takes 60 days to sell it and it closes in 90 days, you're not getting that money back for 150 days. Yeah. That's a long time to wait to get that money returned. 
And if you have four or five of these on the go, like we experienced that, we're out tens and tens of thousands of dollars every month Mm -hmm. just waiting to get some of it back. That's part of doing business. But if... But that's where the problem lies is, and then it's a, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy sort of, because they have such doubt that their home's going to sell. So as a result, the homeowner puts less effort into preparing it. They're less willing to, you know, do things like you're saying, replace dated fixtures, whatever. The agent's not putting the money in because they have their doubts that it's going to sell. So inevitably it doesn't sell. And... I think a part of that problem is the expectation of price and not being realistic to what the market would bear for that property. Everybody is fixed on what the high value of that property was. Oh, well, 18 months ago, I could have got $2.2 million. And now you're telling me it's 1.8? Well, what if we try it at $2 million? And see if we get any nibbles. Yeah. Well, the hard part, too, for us is convincing people to do a price reduction. Because there's a lot of houses in the market not doing it. Um, I had a discussion. They're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. I had a discussion with. You see a lot of listings right now that are well over 60 to 90 days on the market. Yeah. Well, and I mean. Especially in the higher price It is taking longer to sell in general. So that's something to be aware of. I think I'm, I'm having that discussion with people lately where. Um, they assume, or oh, I remember this discussion with someone who were going to be listing their home soon. And they were saying, oh man, some of these houses around me are taking a couple of weeks to sell. I'm like, a couple of weeks, like that's fast. Yeah. Like on average, you're 30 days well, people were to 60 so used days. To, people were so used to well in Milton. Now it's down to 17 at the moment, but yeah. um, that's on average. Right. Like the cheap stuff, usually if it looks okay yeah, and it depends it's priced on what well properties you're talking about right. each segment's a bit different like you look at the two and a half million dollar uh properties now and how does that account for properties that don't sell though probably doesn't these stats they're also skewed they're also skewed because how many times does a property get relisted and and that one they've fixed i think i don't know because it's cumulative days on market anyways you're you're talking about averages here anyways so it's it's pretty close to accurate as a general sense interestingly you know we're just coming out of the third quarter when this airs the stats have been pretty consistent over the last 60 to 90 days where the sales have dropped yeah but the prices are actually remaining pretty steady. So as a seller now and as a realtor representing a seller, you should be able to gauge. Fairly predictable. Fairly predictable right now at this moment. Um, But people are trying. So as a buyer and a buyer's agent, you really have to know, I've talked about this many, many times in, in this podcast, knowing the intimate value of a property, knowing who your competition is, knowing what homes have sold that are similar, that could be used in a market analysis. You have to have that intimate knowledge. And if you do, and you still prepare the home right, price it right, those homes are still selling. Yeah. 
But what's happening is a lot of realtors and their sellers are throwing throwing darts at the board and trying to figure out what sticks. I put an offer last week with a client, obviously. On well, not obviously. Yeah. yeah, I could be buying it for myself. So we put an offer on a place that had been listed low and they had an offer night. So they strategically listed low. Recently. Thought, let me finish. They listed low, thought that they would strategically get into a bidding war situation, multiple offer situation. It came up to offer night. They did get offers. Actually, I'll throw out the numbers because nobody will know what property I'm talking about. It was listed for 900 and no, it was listed for 899.9 or something like that. And the agent told me, and it's been listed three times. So first at 899.9, I'll I'll run through this real quick. First at 899.9, then at 999.9. So 899.9 holding offers. Correct. 999.9 not holding offers offers. two months after. Okay. And now 950 not holding offers. Okay. So at 899.9, which was almost three months ago now, and they had or maybe offers. They had offers over asking. Seller got greedy and didn't accept it. Hmm. So they had an offer of million and fifty. Oh wow. So at nine ninety nine, what were their expectations? I have no idea because we went in it's a weird strategy. We went in with a pretty decent offer and no go. At that time. Or or recently. The, oh, okay, okay. And you know. That's the conversation I had this very morning with my with my buyer because we don't know what the seller's expectation actually is. And it sounds like they're now focused on what they could have got previously. And now because they can't get that, they're not able to put a, a deal together. So, and I think that's, actually going to happen a lot more during this fall selling season. I think we're going to have a very busy fall. We're already seeing we a already, number of listings. We already have a very busy fall. There's a lot of listings on the market. I think with the interest rate staying relatively stable. Hoping that pulls more buyers out of the woodworks. I think it will. I think it will. I think it will. I think everybody understands that we're kind of at well, you might debate with me. More or less a stable mortgage rate now, like five-year fixed, you're getting somewhere between 6 and 7% as a five-year fixed if you go shorter term, which I would recommend doing, maybe like a two or three-year. I believe at that time the rates will start to come down a little bit and not huge, but you're going to go from 65 to maybe 45 something of that nature, which changes. Makes a big difference. Makes a big difference. So, you know, you're paying less now to, on the purchase price, you're paying a little bit more in interest. But in two years, if the mortgage rates do come down, 
that's going to create a big flurry of what was there? activity. I, I don't know if you mentioned it, wars. but I heard it somewhere. CMHC predicted the appreci- the percentage of increase in value between now and 2030. Did you see that one? Mm. It was something like 98%. Wow. It was a big number. So prices in the next seven years are going to double? It was a big number, whatever it was. I don't I don't remember how valid the source was. It wasn't direct from CMHC, well, but it, they referenced CMHC. CMHC. Their predictions have not been overly Their predictions accurate. over the last year, if you go back and watch the podcast that we talked about anything CMHC related, they are always wrong. Yeah. But mind you, I mean, if you look historically, every decade has roughly doubled. Yeah. You know, on average, the last decade being an exception. But who knows? Um, but I think the fall will be a busy market based on what we're seeing. Certainly more listings. Hopefully the buyers come to balance all that out. But typically that's what happens now. We're now uh, we'll be have well into the school year. People will settle, settle into their routines. Hopefully we have a, you know, a nice uh, season weather-wise. That'll you got any, so now that we're getting into Thanksgiving, Halloween, Christmas, those are the big three that, kind of people like to decorate for do you have any tips so for those that are selling this fall nothing related to seasonality and just no no i mean sure i can talk about my biggest thing right now uh, as it relates to our discussion is if you're planning to move and you want to sell go into it with the right attitude price it right have reasonable expectations and look at the recent sales. Like, don't have some arbitrary think, number that you're hoping to sell. Do you for. think the people that are being unrealistic with their selling price right now may it may be because they have? No, that might not make sense. I was going to say, is it because they have committed to a new construction home? Oh well. But then at some point they would have to get desperate to sell because it could be a, I mean, I'm, there's so much happening right now. Like I've never seen so many assignment sales in my career. Yeah. That's uh, crazy. Like the face, there's Facebook pages designated this stuff that's just lighting up. Like, but you think somebody bought, let's say a new construction home for 2 million bucks. And at that time, their home was worth 1.6. Now their home is worth 1.4. And they were hoping it would be worth two by the time. And they, they were sold. hoping it would be worth 1.8. Yeah. But it swung the other way, and now it might be unaffordable. So it could be. So that, they're listing it early. Or they have both listed. Or maybe, Trying yeah. to sell the assignment Ooh, sale or my house. That would be interesting to look into. Yeah. If there are any. I don't know if there's. Well, just you get could Tiffany just, to go through all the listings oh, and yeah. see the seller's names. Well, you could call the agents and ask. Most right. agents aren't the brightest. And they'll just say, oh, yeah, they bought this house they can't afford. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fire sale, fire sale. You yeah. see these uh, assignment sale groups on Facebook? Yeah. It's and they're saying, now offering 2%, 2.5% to buyers. The word, Meanwhile, in that group, yeah. the word distressed. It's in every post now. Is coming up on a daily basis. Distressed, but won't budge on the price. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, buddy. Yeah. Not losing money yet. Yeah. And all of them are selling for what, well, actually, I can't say that. They say they're selling for less, sometimes I don't know if it's less than they paid or less than the current ask price by the builder. Anyways, they try to make it seem like a deal, but it's still not a deal. 
Uh, there are some there there are some deals out there. There I've, are exceptions. I've seen a few where legitimately you are buying it for less than what they paid for, and but is it's it still less a, than the current market value. But is it a deal? Is anything selling at those numbers? Well, it depends what your perception of a deal is, and then it depends on what your intent with that purchase is. I suppose. But there are some great condo deals available in assignment sales. Challenges with condos, I mean, depends on the occupancy of it, when you're actually taking title, how many investors are in that building, because, you know, if you're up against a ton of competition, that could mean you're not getting a good tenant or getting a tenant in six months versus a couple of weeks. Yeah. And it's interesting because now there's, well, there was a developer that recently emailed out promoting that they were offering 6% commission plus $25,000 bonuses. Like developers are to realtors offering real estate agents huge money in many situations to sell their units. Yeah. And that's evident. And, because and giving incentives to both. The yeah, buy, oh yeah, there's, buyer, there's and buyer incentives like free parking and, you know, Free leasing or, or free, assignments. free assignments and all all that stuff. Yeah, um, the big one should be free uh, exit from deal if oh necessary, God. something yeah, like right. that. You'd probably have people lining up at the door. They would then. never get funding though. The lenders would never. That's true. Never fly with the lenders. Can you imagine? Yeah. Well, that's what the, there was a. We did a podcast on that earlier this year. People were. Uh, giving the builders a hard time because they wouldn't let them back out of the deal. Anyways, they should have closed now. They probably had prices. That so were I more do attractive. have some tips since you're not seasonally seasonal tips. Okay. One of the things that I love to do personally, and I think it's a great little thing that you can do in your house when you're selling in the fall season, especially, you know, the leaves are turning color. It's a little crisp out. It's that quote unquote sweater weather. And you, you want to walk into a nice warm home, like not blazing hot, but if you have a fireplace to get the fireplace going, whatever. even if it's a balance of keeping a window or two open while the fireplace is on for that ambiance and the fresh air. I love having in the fall. Yeah. I love having that fresh air. Like it's not exactly um, green, <laughs> you know, you're not environmentally conscious, uh, but having the window open a little bit to let that fresh air. But one of the things that I do is I'll take a pot and fill it with some water and put in cinnamon sticks, um, some... It's good if you're hosting a party. Some different, um, like star anise, uh, orange peel and lemon peel, things of that nature. And I just let it boil on the stovetop for like an hour or two and even keep topping it up with water and the steam. And that aroma fills the house and you walk in and it just smells so nice um to me i don't know i think it does to a lot of people i think i mean we're in such a di- culturally diverse area that i don't know i i question those things now because yeah. we you know yeah, that's we're, a good point actually we've had that chat where <clears throat> you know people think baked goods are nice to have at open houses because you know fresh ones because it 
has a nice smell, but we're all, we also talk a lot about how to avoid having scents in the house, specific, more so related to things like incense, or not incense, but like plug-in air chemicals. fresheners and chemicals and, you know, that stuff's potent. Because uh, that can trigger allergies and sensitivities. The stuff you're talking about, not so much. So no, stuff maybe I'm talking about makes it feel homey and warm and and it does an amazing job. Like, I don't know if you ever pay attention to this, but every home smells. Every single home smells. And you adapt to your home smell. Yeah. And you might go, like, if you come to my house, it smells different than your house. And you will notice the smell of my house, even though it might not be stinky, the home itself has a smell. It's yeah. your body odors, it's your clothes, it's your furniture, it's your what pets. You cook, it's it's your, everything. It's what you cook, it's what's in your fridge, it's in your garbage, it's in the fucking paint. Um, and what a concoction like that, if you let it boil on the stove and, you know, the steam kind of just permeates everything. It does go really natural covering of any smells in the house. Yeah. Um, but to your point, you know, the culturally diverse community that we live in, well, Indian people cook mm -hmm. with a lot of um, fragrance, like a lot of spices, a lot of curries and yeah. things like that. Like if you had a dish on, you were cooking something like that and you had a family of that cultural uh, background enter the home, they may feel at home. Exactly. They may be like, oh, this reminds me of going to my mom's oh, house. Oh, they or, must have made some chana masala last night. Yeah. It smells so, great. Right. Whereas somebody not of that culture might not be offended, but might be like, oh, this stinks, you know? Like, yeah, you can't, it's hard to do that. Yeah. Well, I say that about Chinese food. I love making Chinese food. I love Chinese food, yeah. but it lingers in your fridge. So if you've got some yeah. leftovers in your fridge, your house stinks. Yeah. We had that podcast conversation. I think it was called Your House Stinks. Probably. Sounds wasn't about right. Do you remember that one, Robbie? That wasn't that long ago. Anyways, um, so I, I enjoy doing that. I think having, we talk a lot about curb appeal. And in the fall, having a nice fall wreath or your wife the other day was talking to me about getting planters, you know, some really nice planters this time of year. And I think things like that just. I think one area that's often <clears throat> an opportunity and is underutilized is a porch. Yeah. Like if you have, even if you have a small porch, finding a way to make it feel functional even if it's not a porch, even it's just it's, steps. Or just steps. Yeah. But I mean, in terms like I think now, ever since um, for the last few years, any space that can be, that can appear to be living space, indoors or outdoors, adds tremendous value. So if you can paint the picture of somebody sitting on the porch, even if just enough room for one small chair, right? that's, you know, with nice decor of some sort and a nice mat. In the last uh, podcast, we talked about, was it the last podcast? But the videos from 10 years ago? Yeah. That we did. Do you yeah. remember the one we did? Uh, you sold uh, Lamont's house? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where we did Sasada. the coffee cup in the back. The coffee I cup love that and the shot. steam coming out of yeah. the coffee because... <clears throat> the, I'm trying to paint the, the picture. The back balcony had a view of the 
park mm-hmm. and we wanted to paint we that. We had a newspaper rolled up or something. Paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we were painting a picture of relaxing yeah. there. And um, so over the weekend, uh, one of our listings, the homeowner's on the ball, like very actively watching the camera we've got set up on the porch and he's listening to everyone's conversations and he's calling me saying, oh, this person visited twice during the open house. And he heard one person say uh, that while they're on the porch, they said, oh, this is where I'll do my morning crossword. Oh, yeah. Right. So like these people, they're they're envisioning themselves using the house, which is exactly what we want. So if you can make the space conducive to that, then you're going to be successful. Was that person with a realtor or just came in through the open I don't house? Know. I'm not sure. I think it was just... To, It'd be pretty cool if they came back, if you had yeah. a crossword waiting for them Oh, there. yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's funny. But like, I love going to your porch yeah. and how many times we'll sit there and have a chat and have a drink and... Yeah. Like, it's a very different feel if you have a porch, like, especially if it's of that size, like it, it has to... You really should. Be, that's the same as having an empty room that's not staged in a house. Like, if it's... Right really well suited to having seating, you well, should have it. Much like a room, if it's not properly decorated or staged, let's say it's a smaller room. Mm-hmm. Like a, you got a nine by eight room yeah. or a nine by 10 room. That's a small room. Yeah. But like your daughter's room is probably about that size. Yeah. But properly furnished, it becomes more functional. Exactly. If it's vacant, you're like, oh, where am I going to put the bed? Where am I going to put this? Whatever. Um, other tips for fall season selling? Your leaves are falling down. Make sure that they're all blown out. Like have a clear, nice, trimmed, clean lawn. Don't have leaves all over the place. Make sure... Because that's the first thing people notice. Yeah. You know what I did? You commented on it. I just did it last week or the week before. And you noticed right away. What did I do? Oh, you cleaned your exterior lighting, sconce lights. That's right. And your hanging light. Yeah. That makes a big difference. Got up on the ladder with a microfiber cloth and a little bit of cleaning vinegar. Wiped it down and changed. And then I changed all the bulbs. Are they LED? No. Oh, why? Uh, I just had them from when Whatever. I bought the light oh. fixture. <laughs> so, yeah, that makes a big difference first yeah. for first impressions. Um, I think a lot of people maybe too they prematurely close up their outdoor furniture, like maybe start packing away their patio set. Uh, I would be guilty of that because I'm always worried that it's going to drag out and then snow is going to come and then it's too late. And then the snow is you're screwed. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know. I mean, certainly for the month of October, you're safe. November is questionable. I think as when you hit November, that's probably the time to start considering to put it away. Um, if you haven't done it yet, by the way, call your furniture, furniture, furnace repairman, your HVAC guy and get your furnace serviced. Cause you're about to put it through a good, we turned ours on the other day. The and first the, turn, we turn the, it on, it stinks. The dust All the smell. dust burning up. Yeah. 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 But I, as a kid, I, I used to love that smell. Yeah. I don't know There's why. Something, re- something actually almost comforting about that to me. Yeah, me too. When the first uh, when the first time and you get that little bit of a that dust burn smell. It reminds exactly me of being a bit. kid because I used to go, I'd get up and I'd go sit on And it'd the be vent. freezing and you would turn the heat on and then. Yeah. yeah, I'd go sit on the vent and we had these metal vent covers and they were like 
burn my legs. Oh, you're a weird kid. And I would wear like this house coat and I would just put it over me like this. Right. And make a little tent over Get it. Get your jollies off. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> no, no. I would just sit there as a kid and appreciate the warmth that I had. Right. Because the rest of the house was freezing. Yes. Because it was the turn of the... Because I guess my parents probably had the furnace set to turn on at six or seven. So it was always on when I woke up for school or weekends, whatever. Wow. You guys had a programmable thermostat? Jeez. I, I'm assuming... I'm assuming. Maybe they, maybe I didn't appreciate that they had to get up and turn it on. Right. Right. I think that was probably more accurate back yeah. in the 80s. Yeah, I imagine so. Uh, no, no, I'm sure. We oh, didn't. yeah. The days getting up of going, because this is when you're back, kind of back to school, right? And back then, I don't know if you were like me, but on Saturdays, it's like, yeah, it's the weekend. I'm watching cartoons all, uh, yeah. all Saturday morning, getting a bowl of cereal. But you come down in the morning for your bowl of cereal and cartoons in October, September. Yeah. And it's chilly. Yeah. Get that heat on and change. Yeah. See, if you season. can trigger those types of memories in people, the when emotions. They visit your house. Yeah. So done. Done deal. Top down. I have been reading so much about selling <laughs> on emotions yeah. versus selling on features, benefits, and price. Yeah. Just the way you convey the same things. Because as an example, we sold our listing on Trudeau. Yeah. It was a nice, clean home, but it's outdated. The fact that we sold and none of the other ones that we were competing against sold, we were the only one to sell in that price range with that type of offering. Why? The curb appeal was amazing and the feeling of walking into the backyard so nicely manicured and landscaped you come into the home you could tell that it was loved the home was loved owned by the same owner for well, he's gonna give me shit because yeah here's the guy that says he's not tech savvy and all of a sudden he said oh, yeah, i was listening to your podcast oh, really? the other day and uh you were talking about us you son of a bitch you know how many people I had when that went up for sale? How many people? I can't count the number of people that messaged saying, oh, I see that so-and-so. Like, they they don't know him, but they know him. Or people that just commented on our social posts saying, oh, my God, I walk by the house all the time. It's always so well-kept. Oh, same thing happened when we sold Thomas Street as an example. Yeah. Everybody knows everybody in Milton, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. Some Some tips if you're selling... But the biggest thing and the main topic of today is if you're planning to sell, go into it with confidence and realistic expectations. And yeah, don't like tr Trudeau, don't try the market. It will sell. Yeah, that's it. Toodaloo. Good chat. We really want to hear what you guys have to think. Do you think there are too many homes that are overpriced on the market? Leave us a comment. Let us know. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.